Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's an emergency podcast. This is a Manhattan-bound B Express train. The next stop is Grand Street. Mind the gap. <laughs> Welcome to Skylines, the City Metric podcast. I'm I'm John, and you join us on a very on a very sad day. For 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 capitalism. Uh, for capitalism, really. really, yeah. Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, has decided to overthrow capitalism by regulating Uber, and that's really that's that's it. Like the, the Soviet, the might of the Soviet Union could not bring about the end of the capitalist world order, but by announcing that the taxi firm Uber has to make sure its drivers don't do horrible things to passengers. Sadiq Khan has effectively brought about the end of the end of capitalism as we know it. I think that's the line, isn't it? Yep, R.I.P. It had a good run. I think the the interesting thing in the reaction to Sadiq's decision, where he's basic, well, where TFL's decision actually, you know, the mayor can overrule it, but he hasn't in this case. Uh, where they've basically gone, look, you're not doing enough uh, to provide criminal checks to your drivers. You are not uh, complying with our requests for regulatory information and you are um when your drivers do get involved in criminal uh, activity you then basically throw your hands up and go well nothing to do with me how could we know who this person was therefore unless you shape up you're not getting your license right you need to show some kind of now the thing about this is this has been greeted um by um two groups of people one of which i think is more defensible right um Centre-right politicians above a certain age who I would ideally prefer to be more tech-literate than they are, fair enough. But then 20-something um, kind of libertarians who really ought to know better, um, who uh, have completely swallowed the very effective um, bit of spin Uber, Uber has had for, for some time, which is this idea that they are a tech venture, not a minicab firm with an app. Uh, because these are all... Um, the, the fascinating thing is, right, and these are all people who will happily nod along while the government actually does something which will actually destroy a new form of tech uh, venture in seeking to ban encryption. So things like WhatsApp, online banking, all, all of that actually is something which is reliant upon um, the, the requirements and government is trying to place on it being robust. But it's not totemic in the same way. Yeah. It's purely about, I mean, Uber is, Uber has done very well at persuading everyone that it's this kind of totem of the new disruptive capitalism. 
and that therefore it's like a precious little flower that we can't possibly expect to play by the same rules as everyone else. And it has historically pulled out of a lot of cities when they tried to regulate it, when they tried to say, you know, you need to play by the same rule as other taxi firms. Uber has historically said, well, we're not going to play, we're going to take our ball home. I'm not convinced that that's how it's going to play out in London, because I suspect London's just too big a deal for them to do that, isn't it? I'm... I occasionally hear from various politicians that London is the only region where Uber is currently actually profitable. Obviously, at the moment, they have a large amount of venture capital going into it. But London is actually the only city where the sums add up if the VC money vanished tomorrow. Everywhere else, they're just burning through it in order to achieve market share. um, And I mean, the interesting thing is, this could very well kill Uber, right? However, if it does, it would be an... an excellent example of a company which deserves to die because it is really not beyond the wit of man to maintain the things that customers like about Uber, i.e. it's quick, convenient, the app is good, blah, 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 um, while coming to terms with TFL's incredibly reasonable regulatory demands, right? These are not... um, It it is basically, so the demands are saying, you know, you have to... You have to take some level of responsibility for the crimes of your staff. Oh, sorry, your drivers who, are, who Uber still deny our staff, but effectively that's what we're talking about here. Uh, it's it's saying there have to be more stringent background checks, and you have to remove this piece of technology called Great Ball or something, Great like Ball, that, yeah. which which is entirely about making sure that the regulators can't get anywhere near the data, which all relates back to sort of passenger safety and, and regulations. But it's like. None of this is the kind of stuff that should be remotely difficult or expensive for the firm to do. It just sort of didn't think that the regulator would would kind of lean in and do any of this, right? Yeah, I mean, it it, it is... I think, you know, it's a fascinating case study about um, corporate failure because, yeah, none of these things are essential to their business model. They're all incredibly reasonable uh, asks in terms of public policy. Um, and the interesting thing is their reaction has been to email their large database of customers asking them to lobby Sadiq Khan to change his mind. Now, I think this is one of the problems where it's not just when we have a London-centric media and it's focused on a very specific type of London, right? Actually, Sadiq Khan, um, in terms of the people who vote for him, does not need to worry all that much about 20-somethings who use Uber, right? Uh, in terms of the people who vote for him in suburbia, it's less of an issue. In terms of the Labour vote in the inner boroughs, it's less of an issue, right? And also, the election is four years away. So I think if Uber's um, approach to it is to go, well, we'll scream and scream until we're sick, rather than to go, OK, you know, you've got me banged to rights, and make these very small, low-cost changes, um, then I think that may well end up dooming Uber, not least because... Um, and again, this is part of their incredibly effective PR, right? Um, if you want something where you know that the cab driver is is you know earning a decent whack, but you but you can afford to pay more, there's my taxi. If you want something very cheap, there's the night tube and the and the night bus. And there will be someone who does exactly what Uber does for a similar price, but who decides to abide by TFL's regulatory asks. They are that easy. The interesting question is whether or not it's Uber. Yeah. No, I kind of think that this is. At risk of praising a regulator, I think this is exactly what I want public authorities to be doing. I want them to be using their regulatory muscle to make sure that companies are abiding by a certain basic standards of, of behaviour. Like, I don't... Uber is fine. I have no sympathy for the black cabs who are like, oh, well, the unfair competition and so on. 
But I do kind of, you know, I, I do think that firstly, you have a duty of care towards your passengers and saying, well, the driver does not technically work for us is a bullshit excuse. Like, you know, once that, if a passenger uses your app to get in a cab, you are responsible for the safety of that passenger. Yeah. And yeah, something that's actually not included in, in the kind of standards uh, listed in, in today's statement, but that you know, potentially could come down the track at some point is it would be nice if Uber was to treat its drivers a little bit better as well. Because at the moment, often, like, it's not, people are not earning a living wage, and that's kind of, that's not the end of the world at the moment but you know somewhere down the line if it does successfully compete for such a big market share that minicab firms are going out of business left right and center then that is going to have sort of an impact on on the quality of life of those drivers and i would actually like to see public authorities like tfl getting involved in this and saying no we expect a certain basic standard of of pay conditions and behavior in this city yeah i think not least because actually there is a a shared risk to drivers who are tired, underpaid, having to work 18 hours a day to earn a decent crust, uh, and so on. Um, but yeah, it is an interesting kind of storm in a teacup, uh, I think, in terms of some of the anger about it. Of course, the fascinating question is how much of a knock-on effect it has elsewhere through the United Kingdom where Uber operates, because London is such a large and important market for Uber. Um, I would say I was going to say it would make no sense not to um, make all of the changes that TFL is asking as a block, but then I remember that it makes no sense that Uber has got itself into this position. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing feels to me like it is... It's a negotiating position, right? TFL, like, Uber was not taking the threat of regulatory action seriously. It just kind of thought it could fob TFL off and get away with it, and TFL has turned around and said, right, well, you know, well, I think, our, our house, our rules. So I think the one the one thing that some of the throffier libertarian reaction is correct now isn't... From a, a kind of an accountancy perspective, uh, if you ask the average person in TFL charged with making the sums add up, would you prefer Uber wasn't there? Yes, uh, uh, it, it does make it harder to make, for example, the night bus, as well as which as well as being a convenient and free if you've got a travel card service for partying Londoners, is a vital service for the many low-paid workers who work nights, you know, cleaners, security guards, etc., etc., who use the night bus for their commuting. And one of the ways you can keep bus fares cheap is effectively by people using it regularly in the day and people using the tube subsidising it. Um, so there, there is a bit of an existential threat to the night bus as it exists currently from things like Uber. However, my other instinct uh, about the future of transport policy, particularly in London, is the rise of the 24-hour night tube, uh, which is only going to sort of become more and more widespread, is going to knacker uh, Uber anyway and will solve some of TfL's headaches about subsidising the night. No, no, you'd think that, but actually what seems to have happened is is the place where Uber journeys are most likely to happen has shifted. So effectively, instead of all Uber's business late at night on a Friday being in the centre of London, out to where people live... So like it's now kind of in the ring of the suburb. Yeah, it's kind of to... it's that sort of last mile bit. Yeah. So people will get uh, at, at uh, the tube as far as they can, and then they'll get an Uber the last couple of miles. Actually, yeah, I think about my own uh, journey home late at night, and there is often that kind of ring of people with their phones out. But yeah, I think that's the thing. It's just like actually, in some ways, the the reason that TfL. Uh, did used to have to fear uh, Uber. It's kind of innovated and found a way to fix that with the night tube. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's an interesting kind of as a straw in the wind of like 
commentators perhaps not understanding tech, TFL being underestimated by Uber. I think there's also a strong thread of, you know, Sadiq Khan is the man in this story. Oh yeah, like yeah, right. the Garden Bridge Uber. He always, as you were saying earlier, does does do a bit better than you kind of expect. Yeah, and he, he's very good at playing the hand he's dealt. So I felt with the Garden Bridge, what he quite cleverly did was he didn't scrap it. He just kind of set a bunch of tests for it and then waited for them to fail. So like he was not the bad guy. The Garden Bridge Trust that never had a plan other than give us more public subsidy was the bad guy for not being able to deliver on that and it kind of feels like he's done the same thing here where it's like nothing in that tfl statement today is remotely unreasonable it's all about you know you need to sort of ensure the safety of your passengers and you know he's just played his hand very very well and given that you know the mayor the london mayoralty really does not have that strong a set of powers i think he's you know he's he's having quite an impact well done sadiq Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.